Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Awesome. Well, if you've got your Bibles, open with me to Luke chapter 14. We're going to be finishing our series today, Housemade Home. And I'm excited about that. I feel like this has been a great series in our church. It's been a pivotal one for us. Um, I really believe it's a move forward for us as a church um, in a lot of different ways. But in Luke 14, Jesus is talking to the people that are around him and he says some things and he uses a parable. He uses another idea, a imagery of story. And basically uh, arrives at a place where he describes this great banquet that the master of a house wants to throw. Basically a big party. So we pick it up here in verse 15. And after they've been talking, this is what it says. That, that triggered a response from one of the guests. How fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. Jesus followed up, yes. For there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servant to the invited guest saying, come on in. Everybody say, come on in. in. The food's on the table. Who loves food? I love food. Verse 18, it says, Then they all began to beg off, one after the other, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look it over. Send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five teams of oxen and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. And yet another said, I just got married. I need to get home to my wife. The servant went back. And told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant, quickly, get into the city streets and alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal. All the misfits and homeless and wretched you can lay your hands on and bring them in here. The servant reported back, master, I did what you commanded and there's still room. The master said, then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those I originally invited is going to get so much as a bite at my dinner party. I want to preach a message today, part three of our series, the final part of our series um, in this series, House Made Home, with this title, Come Sit With Me. Come sit with me. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to be under your word, to, to be enriched by it, Lord. Thank you that... The whole point of this idea of a house is so there would be your people in it. So, Father, I just thank you for that truth today, Lord, that as we gather as your people in your house, Father, there's something that takes place there, Lord. It's not futile. It's not empty. Coming to church is not a waste of time. Coming to church is not an empty thing, Lord, but you actually want to speak to people. You want to speak to your children, Lord. You want us to grow up in the house and to learn. So, Father, we pray for revelation this morning. Holy Spirit, give it to us. Minister to us. Teach us. Guide us. Help us. Counsel us. And God, we thank you for Colonial Kids that the very same thing is happening in their time as well. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, we all said together, Amen. Amen. House Made Home, the idea of this series has been, what is it that takes a house and makes it a home? What is it that takes a house of God? God gave me a vision for this series, which is simply a robe 
kind of there's this road called life and we're all headed down this road one way. And on either side of the road is different houses all the way along in this vision that God gave me. And the idea that what God was trying to say to me is the idea in life is that you depart from the road and leave the road of life and find faith in Jesus and find yourself in a house. That's what we're supposed to do, pretty simply. But he also showed me that the further you get down the road, the less houses there are. The less houses there are available, there are less opportunities to step off the road, depart from the road and find yourself in a house. I want to build a church that is one of those houses that's still down the end of the road. For the, for the two far gones, for the ones that society says, ah, oh, you're not going to make it. For the ones that say, you know, for the, the people out there that are maybe in a place where like, oh, no one could ever want me. No one could ever save me. But I want to build a type of church when it comes to faith in Christ. We understand if you've got breath, there is hope for you. In Jesus' name. So taking it from a house and making it a home, I started with a, a series called I Need a House. We all need a house. We all need a house to live in naturally. But man, we all need a house to live in spiritually. And how it's only a home, it only becomes a home when the people of God wander in. When the people of God decide to inhabit that dwelling structure, that's when it becomes home. And I think Jill did an amazing job last week of move-in day. Who loved that message? Move-in day. That we can authentically bring the boxes of our lives and we can come in and dwell and allow the people of God around us in a, in a, in a culture of transparency and understanding and say, you know what, yeah, I'm bringing some stuff with me. Some of this stuff I've got to get rid of, but I'm bringing some stuff too. And will you help me with it? Will you help me? And I love that message, move in day. But it was all based out of Ephesians 2 and verse 19, this whole series. And I want to read it to you again. In verse 19, it says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens. Look at it. With the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. In other words, Christ Jesus being the most important part. The most important part of the structure is Jesus. The most important structure of a, a building is the cornerstone. So what's the most important part of our church? Jesus. What do we build the foundation of our church, colonial church on? It's the foundation of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the life of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all based on Jesus. Why? Because He is the most important part. It's the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And it says, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So it's this idea of a house becoming a home, how it needs to become a home for us to really get the most out of this journey, this pilgrimage called life. I kind of went there in the first message and I said this, the church is meant to be your spiritual home while you are on assignment here on earth. I.e., you are not supposed to do life alone. But at the same time, you shouldn't put all your trust and your faith in some society or social club. The church is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the head and we are the body. You can't do without either. You need both. But bear with me with this imagery. I want to take this idea of a house going. I want to go a little bit further. You think about a house. It has a structure. It has a covering. It has a roof. But there's a layout to the house. There's a layout to it. 
There's rooms in the layout. In John 14, Jesus said, in my, father's, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. And he says, I go and prepare a place for you. See, there's rooms in, in the Father's house. There's rooms that are designed for certain things. Think about this for a moment. Just go with me. But in certain parts of a house, there are rooms that are designed for, for just one person to go. Think of the closet where your clothes are. That's where you would just kind of go by yourself. In fact, it would kind of be weird if someone went with you. Right? But there are also rooms in the house. I, I just pray you're going with me in the spiritual right here. But there are places in the house that are designed for you to be with other people. There are places in the house that are actually designed and created so you can go in and have community with people and be around people and be affected by the fact that you are together and for there to be a difference between that room and another room. See, it's a house that becomes a home. And in some of these rooms, and I believe one of the main rooms, there is very likely going to be a table in that room. And that's what I want to talk about today is there's always a table in the house. I can still vividly remember the table in the house I grew up in. Anyone else can remember the table you sat at for dinners and breakfasts and lunches and Thanksgiving and Christmas? And... But tables, they're significant. There's significance when it comes to a table. Just think, just, I'm just going to go supernatural right now, super in the natural. Tables are built with a purpose. Tables are built... So they sit off the ground, so they elevate something off the ground. If you think about what happens when we come into church, what do we do? We elevate something off the ground. What do we do in our church? We elevate the Word of God. So when we come and sit at the table, we consume the food that's on the table. It's God's Word. But, but tables, they elevate something because there's a purpose to them. Tables, they have a strength to them. There's a structure. They offer space for people to get around. Tables are a place of gathering and where communion takes place. Tables are made because you're supposed to use the table, but you're also supposed to come together at the table. I was thinking about just tables and I was thinking about, man, I wonder like what the significance is in the Bible, you know? I want to I look at it. So I started to read and study and get ready for this message. And man, it was just references to tables all through the Bible. Going back to Exodus 25, there was actually a part of Moses' tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, where there was a table. And it was a table that held bread. You might not know this because, I don't know, you might not have read it, but, but there was this place in the tabernacle that, 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 that was all, its whole purpose was just to, to stand there and have bread on it. It's called the bread table. And there was actually one family, and it was their job, their purpose in life, their calling was to make sure every, every week that bread was fresh. And that bread was, was continually refreshed. I don't know, there are just so many amazing things about that when you think about us in a New Testament context. But I don't have time for that this morning. But it's incredible. There was a table there. It's in Exodus 25, verse 30. It says, And you shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. And then all through the Bible, there's lots of other references. But in Matthew 15... Jesus is talking to a Canaanite woman who had a sick daughter and he said this, he said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And he was talking about the distinguishment between Jews and Gentiles, the elect and the people of God and people who weren't um, the people of God. And he says this, and he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord. She said, even then the dogs eat the crumb that fall from the master's table. 
Then Jesus answered her, O woman, your, your faith is great. Be it done as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. Luke 14, we just read it. Talking about the, the servant who goes out and gathers people. He says, come on in, the food's on the table. Psalm 78, the psalmist is talking about God's people and their lack of faith in the wilderness, in the God that, that got them there. And it says in Psalm 78, 19, they spoke against God saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? And then in Proverbs 9, I love that. I love this reference to a table too, but this is talking about wisdom and life and living your life a certain way and allowing God to build your house with wisdom. But it says this in verse 1, wisdom has built her house. She has carved her seven columns. She has prepared a great banquet, mixed the wines and look at it and set the table. See, the thing about for us today is that God has set a table for you and for me. And Jesus used this parable and uses this idea of a gathering at a table because he wants us to understand, you know, parables were actually really all about arresting your attention. Parables were about getting you to understand or getting the people that, that Jesus was telling and obviously us today, getting us to understand, wow, the dynamics of the kingdom of God. But they were meant to arrest your attention. That's why parables were told because they were so stark and there was such a contrast to them. They were so powerful to tell it. He would say things like, the kingdom of heaven is like. He's like, I want you to understand this is what my father is like. This is what the table is like. This is what the kingdom of life. It's like sitting at a table with the father. And that was so outrageous. It was so outrageous and it was so incredible. So point number one, I'd love for you to write this down. Point number one, there is a table. Okay, when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying here in Luke 14 and all through scripture, he's saying there is a table and God is sitting at that table. Here's the truth this morning, is there didn't used to be a table. There didn't used to be a table. But because of Jesus and because of the finished work of the cross and because of grace that now is our reality, there is actually a table and we are free to walk up to the table. Can, can you give God some praise this morning? There is a table. And that table is for you and for me. See, the thing about, I just love this too. Tables used to be a place of division. Tables used to be a place of status. Tables used to be a place where if you were like that, you couldn't come here and sit. Tables were a place where you would only go and sit with that. That's why people were so outraged by Jesus. Because Jesus would sit with Pharisees. Jesus would sit with tax collectors. Jesus would sit with the most down and out people and society would say, what are you doing? But he was trying to example in his life, no, 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 no. This is how it works. There is a table right now. You want to sit at the table? Come on in. You want to sit at the table? Come on in. Let's all sit down together at this table. There's a table. Listen to the Apostle Paul. He shows it to us as well in 1 Corinthians. He says, you, not, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. What is Paul saying? He's encouraging the church about doing, living, living for God in an honorable way. But what he's saying this, he's saying there is a table. That's what I read right there. Yes, there's a way to live and to, 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 to flee what the enemy's trying to do to you and to go in God's direction. But what I read here is there absolutely is a table of the Lord. It exists. But here's the thing about that table. So there is a table, but there's something else about that table. That table has been set. It's been set. And I believe this is a specific word for someone this morning. It's been set for you. 
It's not been set for your grandmother who is super holy. It's not been set for your friend that is part of a great family with better pedigree than yours. That table has been set for you, specifically by the Father. Psalm 23 and verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. But listen to how personal it is. You prepare a table before me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head. My cup overflows. See, I believe that's a word for someone today because you've always thought about the table as being something that's available for someone else. Or that's maybe someone who's done enough, good enough, achieved enough in life, of good enough standing to be able to go to the table. That's not what's going on here. Because of Jesus, there is a table. And it's a table that's set for you and for me. And it's set and it's personal. And it's designed your table setting, your, your setup, the way it's all established. Listen to me, friends. It's personally set for you. Like, like the way you like things and the way you prefer things and the way you see it happening, God set it up that way for you. It's your seat. And the table is for you. And it's personally set, but I wonder how you see this table today. Do you see it as this kind of table? Do you like my props, by the way? This is pretty cool, right? A little different. But is it, is it kind of like this little table over here where... You know, just see if I can get into it. But I wonder if this is how you see your table. Is it like this where it's sort of like... This is my table with God and... You know, God is just sort of angry at me, annoyed at me. Is my table the type of table I sit at? Yeah, but God's somewhere else in maybe like the principal's office and he only steps out of the office to come and see me when I've done something wrong. Is it the kind of table where all I get is really just instruction from God? I just get told what to do. There's not a lot of space here. I'm cramped. I'm really cramped. But I wonder if this is how you see the table. And this is how you see the way God wants you to see the table. Where it's a table where he looks down at you. Table where he overlords you. Table where he stares down at you and points out your faults. Or maybe you just see it as a, as a, as a, a place where I just got to learn. I got to study. I got to figure it out. I got I to... You know, I've seen people go this way too, where they're just like, man, I'm just going to put my head into the books. I'm just going to try to become a theologian. I'm going to try to work it all out to get in God's good graces. Is this your table? Is this how you see God? Because I don't think this is it. I, I really don't think this is it. But maybe your table is more like this table over here. This is more like the, uh, I call this the cafe table or the restaurant table. But this table's different to that table because this table is a little bit more relaxed, a little more chill. <laughs> but this table, you know, it's sort of like maybe one, two people, you know, just relaxed setting. But this is like a cafe or a restaurant. This table, this is the type of table you would see at a cafe or a restaurant. And maybe this is how you see the table of God, where it's kind of like a casual setting, where you just have your own little world and Maybe the Father and Jesus, they're just there to wait on you. Yeah. 
kind of look after your needs right now. In this small amount of time, you're willing to give up. Is that the kind of table that God is presenting to us? I don't believe it is because this table actually is a great table to sit at when you first get saved. It's the perfect table if you just said yes to Jesus. You should hang out here for a while because it's where people are going to love on you. It's where people are going to serve you. It's where people that are further along in the journey, more seasoned in the Word, are going to get around you and figure out maybe, hey, what do you need that I can give you? See, this is a good table in that, that moment but for that season, but that season needs to come to an end. See, the problem about us staying at this table is it becomes about free Wi-Fi and a good vibe. This table is, hey, come for the vibe only. Come because the menu's good. Come because I kind of like the feel, I like the taste, it sort of suits me. This is a table where Jesus is easy to follow. He's easy to hang with and he's not really in my face too much, just when I need something. And I believe long term, this is actually the worst table to be at. Because it becomes a table of complacency, a table of comfort, a table where, man, if things change, they change the chef in the back, things look a little different, the menu starts to change a little bit, you know, I can pretty easily just like back away from this table and just be like, you know what, this was cool for a little bit and I did enjoy being there for a while, but you know what, I'm, I'm going to peace out, head on out, find some other chill table to be at. You know, this is not where God wants us to be long-term. In fact, he wants us to understand the table is actually a little bit more like this over here. Who remembers their family table as a kid? The family table is just a little bit different, right? See, there's a difference, right, between these tables. That table is a table where there's not really a lot of room. There's no room there. The table there, that's, that's, that's not it. See, God's table, and what Jesus is trying to say in Luke is that God's table is more like this. It's a table where you can sit because you're not in a rush. See, if you're in a rush in life and you're just passing through, you want to grab something, you don't sit at this table. You sit at the kitchen counter, grab what you need and leave. But when it comes to the family of God, when it comes to the table of God, it's like this where you actually stop and, hey, maybe put your phone down for a little bit. But it's where we take time to sit. It's where we take time to enjoy company. It's where we take time to spend time with the Father. It's where we take time to enjoy what God has given us. You think about the house of God coming to church on Sunday, it should be enjoyable. It should be the type of thing where like, I love coming and sitting at the table. You know, that's exactly what you're doing right now is you are sitting at the table the seats are a little bit more comfortable than what I got going on up here, but you are still sitting at the table. So point number two this morning is this. If there's a table, then number two, there's an invite. See, there's an invite to the table. Why? Because you understand that there's something about this table that other people need as well. See, the thing that's different about that is no room there, but there is no room here at all. I mean, there is maybe room for me and maybe one person, the person that maybe I want to hang out with. But, you know, this table over here is actually, there's plenty of room. You know, I can sit plenty of people and, you know, I like to kind of go there places in my head. But, you know, the banquet table of heaven, it's a table that never ends. It's a table that just keeps going. 
It just keeps going. It keeps going. And it doesn't end. I love what it says when, when Jesus is telling his parable. It says, they, the servant went back and told the master what had happened. He was outraged. He told the servant, quickly, get out in the city streets and alleys. He says, collect all who need a square meal. All who need a square meal. The misfits, the homeless, the wretched that you can lay your hands on and bring them in here. Here's the truth this morning is there is room at the table for you. There is room at the table for someone else. And there is still room for the people after that as well. There is plenty of room at this table. It's where there's community. It's where the, the very best of the house seems to culminate right here. You think about that, you go over to someone's place and there's a nice spread, maybe you think about Thanksgiving, the very best of the house, for some reason, it, it ends up here. The very best of what is in that house, both in spirit, but also stuff, it always ends up on this table. But this table is also a place where we get nourished. This table is also a place where we get fed. This is a place where we come into contact with people and things change in our lives. You know, when we come into church, we don't just hear a Bible read. We're actually sped, uh, fed spiritually. Amen. We, don't just, we don't just hear a reading. The Word of God goes out and nourishes you, speaks to you. I love the proverb that Timmy used. It's healing to our flesh and life to our bones. It goes into us. It's spiritually we receive what's on the table. But there's an invite that's in place. So I actually want to do something fun this morning. I want to invite some people up here. Is that okay if we do that? So where's Ali Crum? You come up here, Ali. Um, Lauren and Nate Burks are going to come up here. I think Chris Fair is going to... Yeah, let's give it up for these guys as they come up. Come on. Why don't you come up and join me? You know, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's here you go. serve you guys. Seeing as you're taking so long to get up here, I'm just going to go ahead and serve you right there. There you go. You brought a coffee? Still no water. You can bring stuff in if you want, that's fine. There's no water in here, so. There you go. Make yourselves at home. This is really what the table is like. It's where you come together, it's where you spend time with people who. Like Paul says in Ephesians 2, we're of the household of faith, where we actually come together and we talk. And I actually wanted to ask these guys, and we sort of just chipped around a couple questions. And, but I want to ask them and let them speak into this, speak into this particular thing. But there's an invite at the table. And I want to ask actually Chris first that you guys have been part of the table, the community, the house of God for how long has it been now? Two, three years? Uh, Longer? Three years, three and a half years here at this one, yeah. And how has that been for you guys and your journey? Can you speak into that? Um, yeah, I mean, the table and the invite has changed everything. Like, that's it. It's just game changer. Accepting that invitation allowed me to meet my wife 13 years ago. Hello. You know, that was at church. Wow. Not this church, different church, but church, the house of God, that yeah. table. Yeah. Literally changed everything. That invitation, accepting that invitation, has allowed me to have this family, which I never could have imagined. You know, it's allowed me to step into places that I never dreamed God would take me. But yet, here I am. Yeah. So, I mean, my wife and I, we lead a connect group. Never thought I'd do that. We're homebodies. I'm kind of like, yeah, people? Okay. <laughs> but yet, here we are. We have a connect group that we absolutely love. Um, 
we have, you know, like I said, the family here, our kids are plugged in in every aspect of kids, which is the game changer. I mean, that's, that's, all, that's all that matters over there. That's the generations right there. That's what's coming up. So, yeah, this is um, the invitation to the table, I can promise you from the bottom of my heart, will change everything in your life. All you have to do is sit down. That's all you got to do. It's incredible. Um, so we got Ali here. Ali is amazing. She is, she is um, one of our youth house directors, looks after um, our tapestry girls as well, middle school, high school, who, you know, in that stage of their life, um, you know, are working things out, trying to put God first and honor Him and, you know, figure out what life looks like for them and discover their calling, their purpose. Can you speak into how this affects them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tapestry Girls, it is just a beautiful picture of God's church and his house. Um, We have this beautiful picture of ladies here at Colonial involved with Woven Sisterhood, and Tapestry is a part of that because before they even step into life, they're surrounded by generations that have paved the way before them, and they've set the table for them. And so as a church, you know, and as a sisterhood, like, they get to know their identity in God before the world gets to And that's so huge because, you know, the world can tell them so many different things, but in God's house, they're covered in truth and they're covered in love. And um, when I look at them, the middle school and high school girls, I just see um, future leaders. I see future business workers, future wives, future mothers. Um, And it's the most beautiful picture. It's an honor to be a part of that. But by being in God's house, they're covered in grace because of that. And they're surrounded by so many people. And I even think about youth house as a whole and men and women serving in God's house and seeking after Jesus. And I often think about gold mines um, because they are gold and they're covered in God's house. And there's a place for them in God's house. There's a very special place for the youth to be a part of God's church and being covered and just so loved because the world can tell them so many different things. But as a church, we set the table for them. And so there's a place for them in God's house. And it's just an honor to be a part of that. So awesome. I love too that no matter where you look in our church and we're not a perfect church, I think Jill really you know, did a great job of explaining last week that we're a church that just, we're trying to do life, we're trying to be real, trying to live authentically, live for God, and no church is perfect because we're full of people, right? But what we're trying to do in our church is no matter where you find yourself within our church, whatever whatever room it is, whether it's connect groups, youth house, whatever, it's still the table. And these tapestry girls, I love that you said that because they're coming in, they're learning how to serve God and find their purpose and grow and be nourished in God's house and so awesome. Yeah. Um, and I've got Lauren and Nate up here. And these guys are incredible. They've been part of our church since pretty much the beginning, uh, beginning stages when it really just was community. There was no structure. There was nothing else. It was just God's people um, figuring it out. Um, can you guys talk about the table? Talk about how it's affected you. Talk about how, you know, you guys coming and being at the table has changed your life. Yeah. Um, well, we were like joking on the way over here we were like trying to list all the things in our life that the people in this church affect. And like the guy that does our taxes goes to this church. My hairdresser goes to this church. God bless her. And um, yeah, a real estate agent goes to this church. And literally the man who built our first dining room table goes to this church. Is he here? Are you here? Shout out dining table man. Yeah, he's here. I just saw him this morning. If you need a good table. Um, (laughs) 
So literally um, set our table and um, just from the get-go, you know, when we, when we came to the first gathering and Karen sang Good, Good Father, we just looked at each other and we were like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you good? Okay. All right, cool. And that was it. And since then, it's just been nothing but um, meals brought to our home. You know, I've got allergies right now, guys, so don't worry. But being sick, you know, people take care of you. Um, babysitters, um, just the best friends that I've ever had. Um, <laughs> I didn't cry last service. Yeah. Take it. Um, you can do it. Yeah. I can do it. But all of that said, it's just been incredible. And we, from the beginning, we saw that, you know, the mission of come as you are, and there's always a seat. Sometimes you gotta, you need to walk up and ask, is this seat taken? Come you on. know? It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but it's always gonna be absolutely sit down, sit down, um, and see what God has for you. So we dove into that and just have seen nothing but blessing um, over our life and over our family and our children. Um, like preach, Chris, about over there. I mean, it is absolutely life-changing when you watch your children grow up. And even my daughter, you know, in the service before, she was like, Mommy, who's going to sit with us when you guys are up on stage? And I was like, I don't know. Somebody here will watch you. Like, we got this family. Like, this is our home. So... They'll have you, and she was like, okay, you know, because she knew, so. Well, I could piggyback off what they said. I mean, it's so true how enriched our lives have been since being a part of just this family. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about, actually, while we were singing these songs, is it kind of took me back to a message that, that Maddie had preached a few weeks ago and kind of where the origins of love come from, and that's God comes up with that idea. Mm. But he also comes up to the idea of relationships, you know, he didn't want Adam to be alone, so he gave Eve. Hmm. And so the other piece of that, to kind of pull it into a church perspective, is the fact that, you know, Jesus calls the church his bride. And so think about how much he loves his church. It made me think about how much I love my bride. And to take that to that, I mean, how important is that, that he established these walls that we could come into? Beautiful. I mean, just takes it to a whole nother level for me. Yeah. And so that's just kind of the idea that I was just thinking about. And the fact that he designed us to be in relationships, the fact that he designed us to be in his house, it has enriched our lives since that day. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful that you and I always have an open invitation yeah. to come up and just show up, yeah. regardless of what the issues or where life is at. And that you have a place here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Can we thank these guys? Thanks so much. Just going to clean the table up. So there's an invite. And I love that. I think I said this a while back, but I still believe it to be true is that everything within our faith sort of hinges on two things there's an invitation. And there's a response. There's an invitation that is open. And I believe a table like this is open for you today to actually come and sit up at. 
And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe for you it's simple as just saying, you know what, I'm done trying to figure this out on my own. I'm done coming to church. It's been weeks. It's been months of me not talking to people, me not really intentionally connecting with people. So I'm going to get into a connect group or I'm going to go to essentials or I'm going to show up you know, more often. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know this is an invitation and there's a response. And I believe today God, the Heavenly Father, is inviting people to come and to be at His table whether that's for the very first time or in a more meaningful way for you. I don't know what it is, but this is what I do know. Is that at this table, it's not a table of condemnation. At this table, it's not a table of regret. This is not even a table where we sit around and say, weren't the good old days good? This is actually a table where the Father is now and that we can be a part of now. And it's a table, most of all, like Nate says, a table of unconditional love. See, we live in a world where love is just so freely thrown out there. Like this love looks like this and love is that. But unconditional love is the love that comes from the Father. It's a love that no matter what, what your life looks like, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your status, your pedigree, your experience, your ups, your downs, your, your own personal scorecard for whatever, it all doesn't matter. God just wants you to push it to the side. Push it to the side and say, hey, Forget about all that and focus on me. Focus on the Father because there's unconditional love at the table. There's community. Yeah, there's community at the table. There's doing life at the table. There's being able to, to figure out the ups and downs of life. Jesus never said our life would be perfect. He just said, you have me. <laughs> but there is certainly an invitation for you and for me to take up today. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for some people today. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.